Listener Production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. It is Monday the 9th of October and the huge story making news right around the world is the conflict in Israel after the surprise attack from the Hamas militants that started at dawn on Saturday morning. We're now looking at an all-out war in Israel and we've just recorded an interview with a correspondent in the Middle East bringing all the latest details. So we're going to get to that in our briefing. Um, but right now, we'll explain the basics of this story. There's also news around The Voice. It's the referendum week. So Katrina Blouse is with me as we jump into the start of this story and then head into our interview on the conflict in Israel in our briefing. The death toll in Israel is climbing after tensions in the Middle East exploded over the weekend. We are at war. Not an operation, not rounds at war. That was the response to the worst Israeli-Palestinian conflict escalation in decades. Many are saying this is Israel's 9-11 moment, while an Israeli army spokesman called it the worst massacre of innocent civilians in Israel's history. And Tom, here's part of what Joe Biden has had to say. This is not a moment for any party hostile to Israel to exploit these attacks to seek advantage. The world is watching. Yeah, this is a massive moment. Um, A huge conflict is probably just beginning and could continue. Uh, So far, Israel has said that the attack has taken more than 600 Israeli lives, and the Palestinians are saying they've lost more than 300. Um, This whole thing began on Saturday morning at dawn. Um, It was a highly coordinated attack, which took Israeli security operations by surprise. So, Uh, The Hamas militants launched this insurgence at dawn on Saturday on what was a very important Jewish holiday. So the gunmen breached the barriers between the Gaza Strip and southern Israel using motorbikes and bulldozers. And the attack started from there. Thousands of uh, militants going into southern Israel and a barrage of rockets in the sky. Um, Even in some cases, these gunmen paraglided into urban areas. So it was land, sea and air. Um, A lot of it was filmed and then released very quickly as terror propaganda. One of the horrific scenes, Katrina, was this um, rave, this music festival that was attacked. These people were out there in the desert dancing and they heard these sirens. They thought it was part of the music. Then they realised they were basically facing an incredible nightmare and these Hamas militants showed up um, firing machine guns on these people at these party, and hundreds of people were shot and then some were taken hostage as well uh, and residents in those southern Israeli towns have fortified their homes, gone into bomb shelters but sadly for many of them the attack was too quick. Yeah, really um, heartbreaking videos watching people, young people being split up and taken away and taken hostage. Now, Hamas says this attack was a response to Israel's continued occupation of the Palestinian territories. Um, the timing, super interesting too. It is exactly 50 years and one day since the Yom Kippur War. And that's when a coalition of Arab states led by Egypt and Syria launched a surprise attack on Israel. So in terms of hostage 
hostages. It's estimated around 100 Israelis, both military and civilians, are now believed to be, have been taken prisoner in Gaza. Uh, Hamas has frequently used captive Israelis as bargaining chips to secure the release of some of its prisoners in, uh, in taken prison in Israel, but it's never managed to seize more than a handful at a time until now. So Israeli defence chiefs, they're ramping up their efforts and are reportedly targeting the homes of six Hamas leaders inside Gaza. Uh, this has received condemnation from Western leaders all over the world, um, including in Australia, where it's believed around 10,000 Aussies permanently live in Israel. And of course, many thousands more travel there every year. But so far, the Department of Foreign Affairs is reporting that no Australian casualties or injuries have been reported. They have issued a yellow alert for travel to Israel, and that means to exercise a high degree of caution. Yeah, and the other interesting development is the conflict on Israel's northern border as well. So that's the border it shares with Lebanon, where there's now um, fighting going on as well because there's been attacks from the militant group Hezbollah. They're an Iranian-backed group inside Lebanon. So they've been firing uh, on Israeli territory and Israel has been defending itself on that border as well. A lot of speculation now of, you know, how, how did Israel get taken so by surprise? Um, and, and also how did Hamas execute such a, a, an incredible attack? You know, people are saying they must have had help. Um, and you, you got to look at who was celebrating yesterday. There were big celebrations on the streets of Iran and Iraq. And looking back to a speech made that was just made a couple of days ago by uh, Iran's supreme leader, uh, he gave a very interesting speech calling Israel a cancer and also predicting their overthrow. Yeah, so there's a lot of questions being asked on the Israeli side about how they weren't across this, how they didn't pick up on the planning that must have gone into an attack like this. Um, Israel prides itself on its defense. They have those incredibly uh, advanced technological systems to stop rockets, like to actually tank them out in the air. But many people, I imagine, will be thinking, well, if this, you know, this must have taken so much planning, how come we didn't know about it? How could we be taken by surprise like this? And the final week of the referendum is here as we head towards Saturday's vote. And the polling from News Poll is showing support for The Voice sliding further and further down, even amongst young people who have been the biggest supporters of the Yes vote. But even the 18 to 34 category is now down from 50 to 46%, which means every age group is now swinging towards no. Uh, overall support for The Voice is now down to around a third um, um, Tom, we saw Anthony Albanese go out and cast his vote over the weekend with a big yes written on it. Um, most people are expected to pre-poll. Um, uh, many, many more have done that compared to the same point in the last federal election campaign. So um, this week's going to be pretty hectic at all those <laughs> early voting booths. Yeah, interesting to see if anything changes in terms of which way people are swinging. I think there was an expectation that as we got closer to the date, um, the Yes campaign might start to make a comeback, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Um, Two million people have voted already. Um, as you said, there's more coming. Um, they're looking around four million pre-polling. So yeah, and then the final vote on Saturday, it's been a long campaign, but as you just said, um, since it begun, the Yes vote has never been weaker. 
All right, let's go to our correspondent in the Middle East. Uh, we're about to speak to a man called Ali Hasham. Uh, he's a news correspondent who's been covering the Middle East for over 15 years. He's speaking to us from Qatar. Um, he's a correspondent with Al Jazeera English. Ali, thank you so much for joining us. What are you seeing? We're in to the second night of this conflict. What are you seeing as the latest developments? Well, given the fact that this whole uh, situation is unprecedented, uh, the main issue is uh, right now the anticipation of the Israeli retaliation. And at the same time, whether there is going to be other parties involved in this conflict, especially with today, um, Lebanese uh, group Hezbollah attacking um, Israeli posts in the Shaba farms and stating clearly that this is a message to Israel that Israel should take into consideration before uh, going to any adventures. So it's, yeah, it's a bit uh, complicated situation, despite the fact being covering this region for the past 20 years, it's the first time that we don't know what's what's coming the next day. I mean, it's it's really that hard to 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 think and to analyze and expect. The U.S. has announced uh, military aid to Israel by the end of today. What do we know about that retaliation, and what has happened so far? Well, the U.S. has announced on several occasions that it stands by Israel and, and it. it, it uh, 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 regards Israel's uh, right to defend itself. This has been um, a clear uh, U.S. American sorry uh, stance. Yesterday, President Biden, today uh, Secretary Blinken also uh, reiterated this uh, this uh, stance. However, uh, there are uh, certain uh, issues that um, we can see with respect to the American stance. First of all. It seems clearly that the Americans are trying to contain the situation by reaching out to regional players, talking to the Egyptians, talking to the Saudis, to the Qataris, and trying to find ways to, I mean, everyone knows this is not going to end without um, a kind of a confrontation, a new round of, of fight. And with today, the Israeli cabinet approving the war, uh, I mean, we are. This region is is heading towards a, a kind of a war. I'm not going to say it's a total war. It's a kind of a war, a war that's contained in in, in Gaza. Uh, however, how much this war is going to be a game changer? How much things are going to be outside outside the rules of engagement? Actually, what happened on the seventh of October with Hamas's operation was was. It, it, totally outside the rules of engagement. This is a new situation. This is this large-scale operation was completely uh, new to to everyone. Even even I, I believe people in Hamas were surprised. Uh, Israel was surprised. The whole region was surprised, especially with the um, the way the uh, Hamas fighters went into uh, the uh, settlements and towns around Gaza. And uh, at the same time, there was no uh, resistance from the Israeli army. And, and actually, 
big questions will arise on, uh, first of all, the, the, the failures on the defensive, the security uh, uh, sides. And this would have, I mean, big impact on the, on the Israeli government maybe after the war. Now, everyone is waiting to see whether this is going to be a huge war just like 2014 or 2021. And what's the end game? What's, what's going to be the results? Now, with Hamas, Hamas is saying they want to free their prisoners from Israeli uh, uh, prisons. Okay, that's one of the objectives. But the operation is far beyond such an objective. And that's why, uh, personally, I go to a, uh, an analysis that this operation w- wouldn't have happened without uh, a regional coordination between Hamas and its own uh, um, allies in the region. Okay, tell us more about those allies because I guess those relationships and the potential of those players outside of Gaza, outside of Israel to uh, either be involved in the preparation or be involved in further escalation of the conflict so far, how does that look? Explaining to us here in Australia, trying to watch this from afar... Who are these external players? How do they relate to militant groups in Lebanon, support from Iran? And what's the worst case scenario for their involvement? Well, the first day of the, of the uh, operation, we had the general commander of Hamas's uh, Al-Qassam brigades uh, addressing the fighters and, and groups in Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, Iraq, and calling on them to uh, unify the fronts and the banners. So this this hinted to a, a different uh, uh, situation. Now, uh, Hamas is part of a, an axis that calls is, calls itself the axis of resistance. It's led by Iran, and there are several members of this axis: Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Islamic Jihad in Palestine, uh, um, Hamas in Palestine, and other groups in Iraq and, and Yemen. So. This axis has been in coordination for the past years. And between them and Hamas, there were some rifts. But in the past few years, these rifts were bridged. And since then, the level of coordination has went um, high between them. Now, with respect to how things were done, now, I don't think that these allies knew about the details of this attack or They were briefed about this attack because this attack wouldn't have uh, succeeded in this way if there was anyone who knew about it. I mean, it it, it needed a lot of secrecy. And it seems that Hamas was able to to keep the secret till the moment of the the attack. And and we can uh, uh, base this on the United States saying that it had no intel on, on whatever is happening. No one really warned the U.S. or Israel about this. So... There were, there were no leaks, and that gives an indication that there were only few who knew about it. However, these allies knew that something was going to happen. And that's why we can see these uh, kind of uh, uh, choreographed um, uh, stances between Hamas and Hezbollah, with Hezbollah today attacking Israeli posts and occupied Lebanese territories, um, in order to show solidarity on one side and at the same time saying that this is a message to Israel to understand. So this, is, this situation takes us to the wider picture, to the struggle between uh, Israel and Iran and, and, and the groups that are allied with Iran. So it's, it's a bit 
a complicated uh, picture, but at the same time, it's uh, it takes us towards what's happening right now and and clarify how things are. What do we know about what the ultimate goal of Hamas is for this particular conflict? Is it about the release of of its prisoners? I mean, we've got um, some some British people now reported to have been captured or or possibly killed. Americans are among the captors. Um, Europeans are also among those those captured. Uh, the Hamas deputy chief have said that uh, they have enough captives now to free Palestinian detainees. Is that their ultimate objective or is it there more to it than that? Well, let's start with the uh, issue of Palestinian uh, prisoners in Israeli uh, prisons. Over the, I mean, there are thousands of Palestinians imprisoned by Israel. Many of them are, are imprisoned even without charges. And some of them have been in, in prisons for decades, literally decades. There are a lot of women and children in Israeli prisons. And Hamas, besides other Palestinian factions, would want to see these prisoners released. And the only way over the past several years has been by uh, doing a prisoner exchange. This is, this is what happened when, when Hamas um, abducted Jalal Ashali, the, the Israeli soldier. It was able to release uh, several uh, Palestinian prisoners. It's the, what happened also with Hezbollah when they uh, abducted Israeli uh, soldiers. The same issue, they were able to uh, secure the release of uh, many prisoners. So given the fact that this is a very crucial issue for Palestinians and other uh, uh, national, I mean, Lebanese and others, uh, yeah, this could be, this is uh, one of the main objectives of of this operation. But as I said, now, yes, this is what they say in their rhetoric, but is it actually the main objective? Because the main objective, I think, could be more than that. It could be showing uh, the weaknesses of Israel and weakening more and more Israel um, in, in this struggle. This, this is a struggle that has been on for 75 years, since 1948, since the Palestinians were removed from their towns and cities in, in Palestine, what used to be historic Palestine. So this is what the Palestinians want, want to, this is what they say, they want to liberate their lands. So this is, this is the whole picture. This is the bigger picture. Okay, and just one last question, Ali. Where do you think Israel will go from here? I mean, if you look at previous escalations, it's involved lots of bombing, um, trying to target uh, Hamas strong zones within Gaza, often that lasts for a few days or a few weeks, but this attack took them by surprise. And there'll be a lot of anger about the the huge death toll, the way it was carried out, the tanking of the hostages. I assume, and they've been saying their response will be unprecedented. What do you think that looks like? Well, the issue is that this is unprecedented. So mm. the possibility to compare between this situation and whatever's behind us is a bit difficult. And maybe yeah. that's also the reason why the Israelis are still uh, weighing the response. Because there is a, there is a scandal that, that took place. I mean, uh, on, 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 on one side, the picture that came out, and, and this was all documented 
Hamas made sure to document all these steps they, they did during their attacks on several uh, kibbutzes and, and settlements around, around Gaza. So they made sure these are, are documented and then aired. So it was a kind of humiliation for the Israeli army, for the mm. Israeli state. Yeah. And uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu doesn't need this. Actually, he already has his own problems. So it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, of national security, national pride. And, and that's, that's going to take uh, a lot uh, of time and, and, and effort uh, for, uh, from the Israelis to come out with a way to, to respond. And because even if, even if they destroyed Gaza, they're not doing something new because this has been the situation over the past years. Anytime there is a, there's a round of fight, there are carpet bombing Gaza, destroying mm. houses, destroying buildings. So they exhausted their, their bank of targets over the years. So mm. there's nothing new. Even if they killed the leaders of Hamas, that's not going to be kind of equal to the picture that, that came out, to the image that came out on the day of, of the 7th of October. That's why it's going to be a very difficult mission for Prime Minister Netanyahu to respond and retaliate. Mm. Ali, thank you so much for speaking to us. Oh, my pleasure. All right, that was Ali Hasham speaking to us from Qatar there. He's a correspondent with Al Jazeera, um, looking at what's happened so far and what may happen in the next couple of days. We'll continue bringing you all the latest here on The Briefing. Listener.